Hey guys, today we are going to start applying on a new um, plying quill using our great wheel. And uh, last week when we left off, we had been plying off of this quill to uh, match a smaller quill that um, we were trying to run out. Um, while we were matching um, stuff off of that smaller quill to run out, we got this large quill that was pretty large down to a size where it's comparable to this quill that now we're going to put on um, and then start plying those together. So what we do is we come down here to uh, our one that we just finished, which was this one, and then we um, put on the new one here. You also got to find the end here, run it through our brake bands, which means it goes inside this bottom one, and then outside the top one, and then we will be able to match that up with what we were already spinning off of this other quill. We want to add our counter twist. We just need a little that we can add by hand, like running it through our fingers. And then um, we want to wrap it around the tip here, just so we can get some extra twist. Oh, I went the wrong way. I didn't go the wrong way, but I wrapped the wrong way. All right, so we want to go over the quill here so that we can add our twist. And I shouldn't say wrong way or right way. Um, clearly it was the right way to spin and the wrong way to ply. <laughs> There's always... Alright, and then uh, we should be good to go. And of course we're adding the S-twist now. I always put S-twist in my um, fiber because... Um, I spin in a Z-twist, and uh, Z-twist means that you're doing it uh, clockwise while you're spinning your singles, and then the counterclockwise adds an S-twist um, when you're plying. And so while we're going counterclockwise, we're giving it an S-twist. And uh, I was just listening some people this week talk about um, spinning flax and apparently flax has to be spun in an S-twist um, which is interesting because uh, I never realized that um, like apparently like the makeup of the fiber filaments um, make it to where it spins together um, better only in an S-twist and which again means counterclockwise which is interesting to know so then all your uh, plying is gonna more than likely be done in your z-twist which is the clockwise motion so i'd be interested in doing that but everything about um linen you know fascinates me i liked to sail a lot in my youth and uh you know linen clothing on the water is as amazing is as amazing as wool clothing is to like everything else it's like 
you cannot believe how equipped you are if you're wearing like linen pants and a linen shirt and you're in the water um, as opposed to people who are trying to get by with cotton or whatever it is that they think is uh, okay for getting wet but uh, linen is amazing and it's really uh, you know temperature regulating and everything and I just love it so then to find out that that comes out of a plant, but essentially a weed that has to be like uh, stripped, beaten, and uh, you know, raked apart, like that whole thing is just like, oh, that's the new hobby that'll take over my life someday. But I do like the fact that it it's just found out and then you, you know, like submerge it in water for so many days and all the ways historically that they were able to do it where like now we know a little more <clears throat> about the process and how to do it reliably so that you don't uh, lose any of your crop you know to uh, over soaking or any of that stuff but uh, still I like the idea that it's a weed that isn't useful until you harvest it so fully that you make it useful like that's just great What's happening here, the reason I have to keep stopping and using my um, drive hand to uh, sort the yarn is that the new quill that we put on spins so freely and is so large that when I pull to get the resistance off the other quill, this one just kind of unspools and then I've got extra yarn up here when I'm trying to blend them together. If there was, ooh, we just talked about this last show. I'm going to turn my lazy cape so that it has the greater drag and the one that I'm having an issue pulling has less drag and uh, that should even it out. Anyways, um, what I was saying was like it had such um, great rotation and so little drag that it's just uh, unspooling. you know like uh, unpurposefully anyways um, then if I had of uh, been able to increase my drag um, that would have kept it from unspooling like that and it would have made it easier for me to um, just keep drafting from the lazy cake without having to deal with rat tails well, then I remembered I could increase my drag because we talked about it last week. And uh, if you are interested in why that works, um, go back and look at that 
um, podcast, but essentially once I increased the drag on that side, now I haven't had to use my second hand because it's got the same amount of back pull against my drafting that the other one does, and so it's working out. To be clear, um, turning your lazy kid around does not increase your um, drag. Um, it does with my lazy kid because of the way my brake bars work. Um, my brake bars come in from the yarn, go out around the top, and then come up. So you're pulling from the yarn on the outside of both of them past an inner brake on the inside of both, past an outer brake up here, and that's what creates a drag. But when you turn it to where you're pulling from one side, it's just going up past that first brake and then coming off this way where the other one's going through the two brakes and coming. Um, so that's why you can increase on my lazy Kate, that's why you can increase the drag on one and loosen it on the other. Actually, it doesn't increase the drag on one it just uh, slows it on the other so you don't have the discrepancy if one um, if one of your quills is larger than the other. The larger quill will spin easier and the smaller quill will have more drag on it because it takes greater rotation to get off the same amount of fiber. And uh, that's when you'll need to flip them so that the uh, the larger one is further away from you and you're pulling straight off the small one that has greater drag. Hopefully you can see the yarn pretty well this morning because I'm wearing this white shirt. I always like to have contrast but not every week is planned with wardrobe in mind so uh, we don't always get that great contrast where you can see what's happening with the fiber. I don't have the uh, personnel to do close-ups. So uh, that's one of the reasons you don't go in on my hand, not to mention the fact that my hand has to move. So it would also be hard to track with that. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons. Hopefully soon, though, when we get the studio set up, because uh, we've finished our farmhouse and we're going to be moving um, out there. I had a woodshed that um, is a little bit uh, surplus because uh, I can do my woodworking in neighbors' uh, shops and stuff. That's where I've got a lot of my equipment already set up. I just pulled on that so hard I broke it. Uh, it would not have came apart otherwise but since I hit something back here that locked my hand in as I was moving it back I yanked that apart so 
we're going to go ahead and add our fake twist, lay it against our other yarn, add our counter twists, and that's going to be locked in. I had about an overlap of an inch there too, so uh, that helped. And now we'll wind it on and hope I don't hit any more <coughs> yarn snags as I go. So anyways, uh, <coughs> I have most of my woodworking equipment out there in other shops of people I know because we usually do a lot of stuff together and that ends up meaning, you know, I don't really need my wood shop for woodworking. Um, and I'm going to convert it into a fiber arts, well, I wouldn't say a fiber arts studio, that'll be in the house. I'm going to convert the shop into a uh, podcast studio so that I've got cameras and lights set up and I can do this at night in the winter um, without being in bad lighting and without having to brave the elements. I'll also be able to do it in summer um, without having to sweat to death or thinned off mosquitoes. And then the rest of the year, when those two issues aren't a problem, I will probably still shoot outside because I do enjoy doing this outside. Um, the wheels will be more reliable with less maintenance just because I'm not taking them from a 70 degree house to a 90 degree outdoor setting and having to deal with their adjustments or um, taking them from a 70 degree house to a uh, 40 degree setting outside. Um, oh, we got a rat tail there that we have to deal with. Alright, we come all the way down. Find out which one, which single it's coming off of. We don't even know yet because we haven't gotten them far enough apart to be able to tell that. Alright, I'm going to have to add that counter twist back so that we can pull apart. Alright. Pulled out the rat's nest, rat tail, rat's nest. Pulled out the rat tail and then add our twist back in. And we're good to go. It's nice that uh, rat tails aren't a bigger problem uh, coming from these quills because since you're only drafting with one hand, it is a little more labor-intensive to deal with them, and uh, that means, you know, you want to see them less frequently. I guess if I had higher twists in my singles, though, it does seem like they would be an eventuality. Um, so I guess I've got a balanced single. I'll have to check sometime. There's plenty of people who talk about checking to make sure you have a balanced single. Um, but I don't worry about it because I'm the one spinning the singles, plying the two plies, and then knitting the yarn. And uh, it all at every level, I don't run into issues with the yarn that I wish um, were a certain way. Like I don't have over twist in my stitches that are causing bunching, so that tells me I'm not over twisting my 
plying process. I also don't deal, like I said, with an exorbitant amount of um, rat tails, so that tells me I'm not over-twisting in my spinning of singles. Um, so that's one of the reasons I don't monitor that more fully now. If I modulated as much as most spinners do, um, that would be a different uh, a different detail because essentially most spinners like to try to spin some some thin for a project and then later they will try to spin a worsted for normal knitting, whether it be like hats or scarves or whatnot. But then if they want to do something funky and artsy, they'll go chunky. Um, and if you're constantly like adjusting you know, what your um, drafting is and things like that, maybe you would have to be more cognizant of your what you're turning out. But because I've been doing, a, you know, two-ply fingering weight uh, for most of my career because, uh, again, I need it to match. I need it to be interchangeable. It's all coming from the same source, uh, yada, yada. Um I don't have those issues because it's um, reflex, and like I said, if I was having problems, I would have to address the reflex, but because at later steps in the process, um, I'm getting positive feedback on what I'm doing. It's not something that I have to approach or monitor. Well, this is coming along pretty well, but I think we're going to call it there. I don't know that we'd be able to get through both of these quills today. Just to give you a look, that's how far along we are. We're uh, probably two-thirds of the way. It looks about halfway, but you got to remember that the outer, the outside, um, has a lot more fiber in it to make those revolutions. So once you've taken off half of the diameter you've actually taken off two-thirds of the fiber that's there because the remaining third of the fiber is making a lot shorter trips around the diameter of that quill and uh, it'll be used up uh, quite a bit faster. So we've probably done two-thirds of what was on those two quills and um, we'll be probably, when we run out of these quills, be at like 140 yards uh, so I do imagine I'll be adding more from other quills to round it out to like a 180 or a 200-yard skein. But um, we'll leave that all for next time.